on this Sunday, just after Christmas, we thank God for the wonderful texts that tell us of what happened on the first Christmas. The visit of wise men and the visit of shepherds to, to meet the Christ child. And we have a chance to look at two texts and see those visits. And what a joy for me to be able to share those two visits to Bethlehem uh, in this beautiful sanctuary of UPC. I've had so many uh, wonderful me memories of being in this sanctuary. And then these trees and all the, the joy of Christmas that is it's represented by these lights. So I get a chance to share in that today. Our text in Luke and Matthew tell of those two visits. In Luke's gospel, it's, it's, a marvelous, uh, it's a marvelous scene that Luke gives us. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were, the King James Bible says, they were sore afraid. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For look, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord, Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth lying in a manger. And then by surprise, suddenly there was with the angel a, the, the text says a plethora, a multitude of the heavenly hosts. And the word for hosts there is soldiers. So it can be like an army, a heavenly army, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward all people. Because he uses the word anthropos there, which means all people. Goodwill, God's decision is goodwill for all people. When the shepherds heard this, they then went to Bethlehem and saw Mary and Joseph and they saw this baby. And, uh, and they told her what they had heard, this good news they had heard. And the text says that Mary treasured what, the, this, what these shepherds said in her heart. That is a tremendous text. Uh, a stable, because the, the Holy Family, when they came to Bethlehem, found no place in the inn. But they did find a place in the, the shelter that's underneath every inn in the first century world. And that shelter had a, had a, a stable area and had a, a manger area that w was just right. So that when the shepherds come, they're, they're given a divine appointment to come. They don't have to go to room 405. They can go to that shelter area on the ground floor. And there they're able to worship. And they're able to tell Mary and Joseph everything that they had heard from the angels. They heard good news. 
And they made a discovery that the good news is a person. It's this person, Jesus Christ. And so uh, when you think about what we experience by reading this account, we make that same discovery that it's a person that is at the heart of Christmas. And there is one other account, though. The other account that tells of wise men who come and are searching for the king to be born in Israel. And they come, and that is in Matthew, the second chapter of Matthew. And Matthew tells us about that. In those, t- in those days, King Herod, after Jesus was born in, in Judea, uh, in the time of King Herod, wise men came from the east. We're told they come from the east. And we're always interested in who these wise men are. Uh, we think they may have come from, Nebit- they may have been Nebatinians, which would mean they would come from the ancient city of Petra, 50 miles south of the Dead Sea. It was interesting. That was one empire that the Romans, when they conquered everything in the, in the Mediterranean world on their way to, to, to Egypt, to conquer Egypt as well, around 40 and 50, 60 years before Christ, the Romans came down, but they did not conquer Petra. The Petra people stayed free, and they were a highly educated people, and they, had, they were a, a trilingual. And so these wise men who come, are they're, they're called astrologers here in the text because they saw the star. Actually, when the astrologers saw the moving planets and the sun and the moon, and from the, those moving planets, they made predictions, and those predictions were uh, very important in the, in the early centuries before Copernicus, and we realize that those planets uh, are not stars. But they, they saw, and they made predictions. And so uh, they come, but it's interesting, they don't come really so much uh, as astrologers, they come as those who are seeking uh, the the Christ child, the child who was born. Notice they come and they say to Herod, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? Maybe, maybe they've been reading the, the books of prophecy, the Isaiah texts, which tell about uh, a, a child shall be born and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. They had read these texts. And so the wise men who come to meet with Herod, they, they should not be seen just as, as nomadic travelers or caravan travelers. The, uh, the early Christian church uh, saw them as believers, foreigners, coming to seek out this this king. They had perhaps read those uh, prophecies, which had already been translated into the Greek language by the rabbis 100 years before Christ. So they come and they know what to ask. Where is the king that we have read about that's being been born? And then Herod, of course, uh, he himself was a Nebatean himself because his father uh, had 
come to uh, the Holy Land and had been uh, able to uh, become valuable to the Romans, help the Romans in their conquests. And as a result, they rewarded him. And one of the rewards they gave to Antipater was to, to educate his son, young Herod. And then when Antipater was murdered uh, or assassinated, then the, the Caesar at that time was Caesar Augustus. He placed Herod as king of the Jews. Though Herod is Nebatean, he's not, he's not Jewish, yet he was placed as the king of the Jews. He had an uneasy relationship with the people from that time on. And that's why you have the Herodian group, but you have all the others that are more nationalistic and are resentful of Herod. So Herod is uneasy. And, uh, but he does say, say to the high priest, uh, where is the king to supposed to be born? And they then quote Micah. And you, O Bethlehem, youngest of the tribes, you are going to bear the, the son of David. David's inheritor inher- will be born in you, in Bethlehem. And so the high priests give him that news. And so then Herod secretly calls the, these wise men together and secretly calls them and says to them, uh, uh, where did where did the star appear and where is this where is this child to be born and the wise men say we'll we'll find him and then Herod says and when you find him come and tell me about it and then I'll worship him too but they don't believe him they don't trust him and for good reason Herod is been a murderous king and he is so uh paranoid about anybody that might threaten his own kingdom. He even uh, assassinated members of his own family because he felt they would try to, uh, they would try to uh, take the kingship away from him. So he is that kind of king. And so we wonder what was the conversation that these wise men would have had with him. And that uh, makes me want to uh, take you to World War II. In World War II, uh, BBC uh, had broadcasts all during the Battle of Britain, and it was a very harsh time for England. And they, uh, they would have various actors would perform things to try to uh, cheer up the people. And one of the things they did was they asked Dorothy Sayers, the detective story writer, who's also a very earnest and thoughtful Christian, they asked her if she'd write a a play that could be played in Great Britain for the people, a radio play. And so she did. She wrote a play called The Man Born to be King. And uh, it had 43 actors. It started to perform in December of 1941. That was a very harsh time in the Battle of Britain. United States is not in the war. We don't know. They don't know how it's going to go. Europe by then is under, Western Europe is completely under the control of of Nazi Germany. And so uh, 43 actors in the episodes that go from December all the way through to October, they do these performances of the man born to be king. Dorothy Sayers wrote that play 
as a play, he, she called it a play cycle on the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The whole life of Christ, everything is there. And that includes the visit of the wise men coming to Herod. And it's interesting to me how Dorothy Sayers, now influenced by the fact that the early church in the fourth century has decided that the wise men are believers in the Messiah and they visit uh, and give gifts on, on January 6th, which is called Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany means Manifestation Sunday. And because the early church then treated that as a festival of the fact that the gospel is for the whole world. And where did they get that idea? From the, the wise men. So there's a role the wise men are playing. And Dorothy Sayers in Man Born to be King has to have an interview between uh, the wise men and, and, uh, and Herod. And so he, he uh, Dorothy Sayers records that, that interview. And it's, it is quite amazing. Uh, Herod says, says to them, uh, what sort of man will this man be who is born king of the Jews? And then the wise men, remember, have been na named during the time of Epiphany. And Melchior says, prouder than Caesar, more humble than his slave. His kingdom will stretch from the sun's setting to the sun's rising, higher than the heavens, deeper than the grave, and narrow as the human heart. Casper, who is considered the king of the king representing India, because these all were travelers on the silk route too, these Nebataeans, he shall offer sacrifice in Jerusalem and have his temples in Rome and Byzantium. Shows that the 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 gospel is for the Roman world and the Greek world, the rest of the world. And he himself will be both sacrifice and priest. And then Herod says, you speak mysteries. Tell me this, will he be a warrior king? And Balthasar, who is, represents Africa on the four wise men, the three wise men, says the greatest of warriors, yet he shall be called prince of peace. He will be victor and victim in all his wars, and he will make his triumph in defeat. This is a reference to the cross of Christ. That's how the victory was won against sin and death. Christ disarmed it by taking it. So he will make his triumph in defeat. And when wars are over, he will reign his people in love. And then Herod speaks, and this is the grim speech by Herod. You cannot rule men by love. When you find your king, tell him so. Only three things will govern a people, fear, greed, and the promise of security. Those three things. Do I not know it? Have I not loved? And I've been a stern ruler. I'm dreaded and hated, yet my country is prosperous. Her border is at peace. But whenever I loved, I found treachery. And now he's referring to his wife, his children, his brothers. He had had them all assassinated because they were threats to his kingdom, he felt. Yet my country is prospered and her borders are at peace. But whenever I loved, I found treachery. Wife, children, brother, all of them, all of them, 
Love is a traitor, Herod says. It has betrayed me. It betrays all kings. It will betray your Christ. Give him that message from Herod the king. Herod's wrong. It's not the truth. And the wise men, uh, they're suspicious of Herod. And when they go and they see the child, they worship the child. They are believers. That's why the epiphany honors the wise men. And that's the tradition of the honor of the wise men, epiphany. When the manifestation occurs, that the gospel is for the world. And they uh, worship him. And then being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they leave and go to their own country by a separate way. Well, there is the, the, there's two separate visits to Bethlehem. The visit of, uh, visits of, these, of these shepherds, how we, uh, how we rejoice with them. They, uh, they're not looking for anything. And they are surprised. And that, that really is what joy is, a total surprise. They're surprised. And then this army chorus sings to them. And what they sing is such good news. Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward all people. Uh, this goodness is for the world. And they come and they share it. And they're told they'll find a baby, and they do, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. It was a good thing that the family wasn't able to be in the inn in room 403. They're in the stable area, and that means that the shepherds can come, have their sheep with them. And that's every great crash scene that shows the, the holy family, shows shepherds with their sheep. They, this is the person that they find and they share it. They share this good news that they had heard that he is to be the savior Lord. And that is their discovery. If you go to Bethlehem, what do you discover? What do we discover that's in these two accounts? Do we see the universality of the gospel? Do we see the fact that good news is not just for us? These wise men represent that. The shepherds who by surprise are just ordinary people and they discover uh, they're a part of the anthropos, this whole promise, uh, goodwill toward all people. That's the good decision of God. That's the goodwill of God, that this grace is for all people. And that is discovered. And during this time of Christmas, that's the discovery we all should make. I hope we can make it and see the, the wonder of it and then see what the, what the shepherds discovered and what the wise men discovered, that the good news is a person, that Jesus is the one who will be Savior and Lord, and that he will walk among us as our teacher and go ahead of us through danger and death and victory. The, the wise men share even that mystery, the mystery of the fact that he will, in his, in his defeat, will become the great victory and the resurrection. And then the carols. 
they heard carols. They heard the first of carols sung by this army chorus, and they never forgot that. Down through the ages, Christians and non-Christians and people of all walks of life have loved the carols. Why? What is there about the carols? They, are, they, they come into our lives. They, they, they share with us this wonderful good news. And they, they are understandable and they're, they're good. Carols have come at hard times and good times. That's the, that's the beauty of carols. They, they are able to assert and share the love of Christ and its power. But in all seasons, for example, uh, I wonder as I wander says uh, that in one of the stanzas in that sort of Appalachian carol, I wonder as I wonder how Jesus uh, uh, was led to die for poor, honorary Christians like you and like I. There's the carol grappling with the fact that it comes, Christ's love comes in the midst of hard times. Philip Brooks, Philip Brooks wrote a, a carol. He was traumatized by the Civil War, like so many people were. And he wrote his, his carol in 1867 after the Civil War. And it's interesting, he wrote it for children, but it is a carol that faces up to the, the sense of grief that he was still feeling as a pastor of the Trinity uh, Church in Philadelphia. He felt the tragedy of the Civil War. And so he was hurting from that. And he wrote a carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. He had been to Bethlehem. And so he wrote a song about Bethlehem. O Little Town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. Notice, in the dark streets, the light is shining. It's almost like Isaiah 9. The people who walked in darkness has seen a great light. And then he goes on. Oh, no ear can hear his coming. But in this world of sin, and a man who's just gone through the Civil War is feeling it, just like Lincoln did in Second Inaugural Address. There's a world of sin where meek souls will receive him still the dear Christ enters in. He enters in, in, in even a world where there are Herods and where there are terrible things happening. And then he ends his carol, cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. There you have the power of a carol. It simply comes into our lives and... Uh, and it is able to make sense out of the complexity of the life we're in. One of my favorite carols actually is in the middle of an oratorio. And it is in the Hodier by Ralph von Williams. And his wife, Ursula, wrote a great carol in the middle of that oratorio. And I, I especially like that carol that she wrote 
Promise fills the sky with light. Stars and angels dance in flight. Joy of heaven shall now unbind chains of evil from mankind. Love and joy their power shall break. And for a newborn prince's sake, never since the world began, such a light, such dark did span. I absolutely love that carol. Just like O Little Town of Bethlehem in its simplicity, and Ursula von Williams has captured it in, in a profound way. The joy of heaven shall now unbind chains of evil from mankind. The great carols face up to the complexity of life. And that's what Dorothy Sayers was able to achieve in her interview time with, the, uh, with these uh, wise men and the, and the wicked Herod the Great. Herod is wicked. And he says, tell your prince that you can never rule with love. Love is a traitor. No, it's not a traitor. Uh, evil is a traitor, but not love. Love is more powerful than evil. And, and Ursula Van, she captured that. Uh, Phyllis Brooks captures it also in the dark streets where the light shines and where our sins are forgiven because of the fact that at the heart of Christmas is a person. I'll end, you, I'll end with a C.S. Lewis quote. Lewis says in his autobiography, Surprised by Joy, he said at the, end of the, at the end of the book, this is the next to the last chapter of his book, he said, I had hoped that the heart of reality might be of such a kind that we can best symbolize it as a place. He was talking about his search for joy. And I was hoping that at the heart of reality, it might be of such a kind that we can best symbolize as a place. Instead, I found it to be a person. That's exactly what the shepherds found. That's exactly what happened to the, uh, to the wise men. And that's what makes Christmas so durable. God bless us all as we endeavor to uh, live and rejoice and serve and care for people around us that we love with that same love that the shepherds found and the wise men found. Dear Lord, thanks for that wonderful good news that is for us and we get to experience it and share it. Amen.